Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashah. And Mashah grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt, and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? The scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah. Meaning I am that I am, I will be who I will be. He said moreover to him, thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father who desires that is he let be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light. Who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages 
and applied them to the four Hebrew letters, Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Test by Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. Our Heavenly Father, whose name is Yahweh, our Master, our Creator, our Supreme Elohim. And I speak to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach. He is our Elder Brother, our King, and our Eternal High Priest. Good morning to some of you and good afternoon to the rest of you. Um, we are going to discuss on today's show how Torah was strengthened by the renewed covenant through Yahusha. 
you have read in the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 5, that Yahusha did not do away or abolish or destroy Torah, nor the writings of the prophets. He did not come to do that, but he came to show us how we are to obey the Torah of Yahweh. So we will go over that on today, and we're going to go over a very powerful instruction that uh, the emissary whose name is Shu'u, you know him as the Apostle Paul, uh, we're going to look at one of his epistles. Um, somebody had brought it to my attention and stated that Paul writes right here that the law is done away with. Well, we're going to see whether or not Paul got rid of the Torah based on this particular verse. And I'll go to that in just a moment. But welcome to the show. My name is Abed Yahu or Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh. Uh, today's date is Friday, May the 1st, 2020, according to the man-made Gregorian calendar. They also call it May Day. Um, it is the 12th day of the second Kodash. So we are in the 12th day of the second month as we are counting down, hallelujah, toward what they call the Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks. You may hear it as the week um, or the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that in next week's instruction. All righty. Uh, today's date is, um, of course, we went over that uh, Friday, May the 1st, 2020. Uh, we, that's according to the man-made Gregorian calendar. We are also going to be discussing um, on today um, our future Zoom discussions. That's the first announcement that I would like to make on today's show. If you would like to be included on our Zoom list, we do have Zoom discussions Monday through Thursday, um, 12 o'clock and at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, 12 o'clock noon and at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Monday through do a brief review on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on Zoom at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are on the West Coast, that will be at 12 noon. We do these on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we do two Zoom discussions a day to discuss Scripture. If you would like to be on that list, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. That's talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we will add you to the list so that way we can go over, A, some of the things that are being discussed on the radio broadcast, and B, some of the midrash, some of the discussions and teachings and the instruction that Yahuwah has given unto us. So please email me, talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we will put you on the Zoom list. We will have a Zoom discussion today at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast, it will be at 12 noon. Also, we will also have Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio on tomorrow. We will do part five of how Torah was strengthened by the renewed covenant through Yahusha. And then on Sunday, we will have an additional broadcast. We don't know as of yet what the topic may be, but we pray in the name of Yahweh that it will edify our ruach, our spirits, and our soul. Hallelujah. 
Uh, I'm also praying that the nation of Yashariel, that we will be saved. That's my zeal and my prayer. And please stay encouraged as we are going through this worldwide solitary confinement. Um, So we are not of this world, but we live in it. So I do encourage all of my brothers and my sisters, my mishpaka, for you to stay encouraged. All right? Hallelujah. Also, one final announcement is that for those individuals um, who have questions or concerns uh, pertaining to the teachings, once again, you can always email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com for more information. Uh, or also, if you have any particular topics that you would like to have discussed, you can always email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. Today's show, Hallelujah Ur, uh, Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, is brought to you by SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth, also by the family of the Palmers, um, the Palmer Family Foundation out in California, also by the Bullock Family Foundation out in, uh, in Arizona. It's also brought to you by the Jones Family Foundation out in Nevada and by Sister Zariah and her family from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go into the instruction in the teaching of today. Um, we are going to point out once again that when it comes to the teachings and the instructions of our Heavenly Father, we have to understand the spiritual intent or the spiritual motive of why Yahuwah gave us these instructions. Now, in order for you to come into covenant with the Heavenly Father through Yahusha, First of all, there must be what we call Amunia. It is spelled A-N-U-M-A-H. Amunia is absolute belief. The just do not live by sight. They live by what? The just live by Amunia and not by sight. You've read that before in the book of uh, Habakkuk, and it was uh, once again referred to by the emissary known as Shu'u, the Apostle Paul. So the Amunia is the absolute belief, number one, in who Yahuwah is. This is your supreme Elohim. This is the one who sits on the throne of your life, um, the throne of your heart. Okay? And once you believe in Yahuwah, him being your creator, and you believe in his son, Yahusha coming back to restore the nation of Yashariel, then you are given instructions, teachings, or direction. The direction of what? The culture of righteousness. That is explained through Torah. We went over previous shows, and we was talking about how the Pharisees was not pushing the Torah agenda. They was rather pushing what we call the Teganots, man-made traditions that was added in with Torah. And so with all these customs and rituals that people had to do, you had to pray this amount of times per day. You had to face this direction to pray. You had to wash these cups. You had to 
wash your hands, not for uh, sanitary reasons, but for ritual reasons. You had to wash your hands because this was called, quote, unquote, the el- the traditions of the elders. The religion of traditions is what has been bounding man for centuries. It doesn't. It, it didn't just start with the Roman Catholic Church. It was just more um, influenced and more enforced by the Roman Catholic Church. But Nimrod, the first evil high priest, was pushing this agenda of religion upon the people of Shinar, and he was building a tower, the Tower of Babel. You were told that he was trying to build a tower to fight Yahuwah and his messengers. More so, Nimrod, listen, wanted the tower built because he never wanted to have him and his family to be flooded ever again. So he would have, he felt, let's build a tower so that man won't drown again. Maybe he didn't get the memo about the promise that Yahuwah gave unto Noah the rainbow showing what the covenant between Yahuwah and man that he would never again flood the entire earth for judgment. And we all know if you've read the book of Revelation, the book of Isaiah, right, that you have read that there will be a more severe punishment as the abomination of desolation will come upon the earth, everything and everybody will be wiped out with the exception of a remnant, a people who serve and worship Yahuwah and have kept the ordinances, have kept the Shabbat, and they have not transgressed Torah. But when you come into a covenant with anybody or anyone especially when it comes to Yahuwah. They come with instructions, rules, guidelines, morals. Why is this set up like that? Because that person now cannot break or dishonor that covenant. It keeps the covenant intact. Now, you cannot come into covenant with anybody or anything if you are not within its jurisdiction. Now, we've been talking about this on the Zoom discussions, and we've been saying how you can't really yell at people of different religions or if you want to yell at Christianity because those Christians are not in the jurisdiction when it comes to the Torah of Yahweh. They have been transgressing, and because of that, Yahuwah is not for them, but rather he's against them because they are against him. Let's read some verses. Let's go to the book of Shamut. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 19. The book of Shamut, chapter 19. Listen to what Yahuwah says unto his people who he selected. To be his people. Let's go to verse 3. And Masha went up unto Elohim, and Yahuwah called unto him out of the mountain, saying, This you shall say to the house of Yacub, and tell the children of Yashariel, 
you have seen what I did unto the Mizraim, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, listen, and guard at my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure, listen, unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a kodush, a set-apart nation. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Yashariel. Hallelujah. Let's keep reading. And Masha came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces at all these words, which Yahuwah commanded him. And the people answered together and said, All that Yahuwah has spoken, we will do. And Masha returned at the bottom, the words of the people, unto El Yahuwah. We'll stop here, because if you read Shabu chapter 20, the Ten Words was presented to them, correct? Which is the Ten Commandments. They were spoken by Yahweh, not written by Masha, but they were spoken by our Supreme Elohim unto his people. And Masha came down from the mount with those two tablets of stone, remember, with these Ten Words written by the finger of judgment from the supreme Elohim himself, Yahweh. It distinguishes the difference between the royal Torah of Yahweh and the Torah of Masha. I've done a teaching on that on uh, Talk, Teach, and Touch by Radio about the difference between the quote-unquote law of Moses and the royal Torah of Yahweh. You've heard that lie before, right? A set-apart nation, a kingdom of priests, right? This is the same thing that Kepha said. Hallelujah. Let's read it, okay, so that you can have it for your cross-reading references, okay? You will read that in Alif Kepha, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This is where Kepha got it from. Hallelujah. He got it from the book of Shavuot, the book of Exodus. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a set-apart nation, Yahuwah's or Elohim's special possession. You may read a peculiar people. Other translations says you are a people for his own possession. So that cancels Yahuwah loving the world, like they teach you in John 3.16. A people for his own possession, his own special people. The Berean literal Bible says a people for his possession. Listen to this, that you may show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous night. He brought you into his marvelous order, into his jurisdiction, for his jurisdiction is light. 
You may read, for instance, in the Berean Study Bible, to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You may read from its literal Bible so that you may proclaim the excellencies of the one who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It takes you back to Barashit, doesn't it? Chapter 1, verse 1, where in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and earth, and the earth was what? Darkened without form. That's what you have read in your King James Version. It was polluted. It was desolate. It was empty. When you were in that darkness, you was empty. You was dead to him. But you have been revived and brought back unto him. Why? Because of the awakening of your immunia, your absolute belief brought you out of that darkness. And when he spoke and he said, let there be order, there was also order, that light that is within you. It teaches you in the book of Yahshua that you are a light now for the Gentiles. Hmm. That you are to bring others unto him. Not through your personality or because of your special talents. It is because of the power of Yahweh that shines through you. That you will bring others unto him. When it comes to Torah, these instructions in these teachings, is not going to bring you salvation, not at all. It is going to, because you are a special possession of Yahweh, it will keep you in salvation. It teaches you what righteousness is. What good is it to have a nation without a constitution, without instructions and teachings as to how, number one, these particular instructions and teachings teaches you the origins and the, uh, here's the word, the culture and the heritage of those people. Number two, the order of which is maintained within that government. Okay? Number three, it is so that all of the citizens will abide by those guidelines. This is not to keep you in a yoke or in bondage like you were taught in the church, but rather this is the Torah of freedom, the Torah of liberty, the Torah of Ahab, his love that he shows you like a father who loves a child. A father loves his son. I will teach him. To walk in this way. The word says train a child in the way in which they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Yahweh teaches us through his instructions, his direction, how to maintain righteousness. You will receive righteousness through the Amunia, through your belief. You know, like Abraham, you can read that in Barashit or Genesis chapter 15, but you will now maintain that righteousness and that favor. And you obtain even more 
by trying to do his commandments. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to a very powerful verse. Let's look, of course, let's go to Mediahu chapter 5. Let's go there. We know what it says in verse 17. And this is, um, you know, our primary basis because Hamashiach did not come to get rid of Torah. The law is in Torah, but Torah is not law. Torah are teachings, instructions, and the direction. Keep that in mind. Mediahu chapter 5, verse 17, the powerful words of Yahusha spoken. But it is written in the book of Mediahu, think not that I come to abolish or to destroy or to disintegrate Torah. Well, so much for those who said that that's done away with. Think not that I come to overthrow it. The Christians teach you it is overthrown. This is why it's such a very bipolar and dangerous religion. They have, uh, the religion of Christianity, have murdered more people on the planet than any other religion. Think not that I come to abolish, to destroy or to get rid of Torah or the Nebaim, the writings of the prophets. I'm not come to abolish it, but I came to destroy. The Greek word pleiru. Pleiru means to what? To furnish, to supply, to fill to the top. Listen, to carry into effect, to bring to realization to fulfill prophecies, to fulfill the promises of Elohim. Listen, to cause the will of Yahweh to be obeyed as it should be. You can look this up, Strong's Concordance G4137. I'm reading it from the Dyer's Concordance. The word fulfill means to cause the will of Elohim be obeyed the way that it should be. In other words, Yahusha was bringing a powerful way of obedience. The only way that we should do it, through the spiritual intent. What is the motive? What is the why that you keep Torah? Let's read verse 18. And let's see if Yahusha got rid of, quote, unquote, the law. But verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jato, one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the Torah until all be fulfilled. There are many particular prophetic words from the prophets that have not been fulfilled yet. Hallelujah. Like the abomination of desolation. That has not came yet, but it is coming because it was spoken by Yahweh through his Nebaim, through his prophets. And it tells us, but it is written, Yahweh doesn't do anything unless it is spoken through his Nebaim, through his prophets. So the Torah is not gone. 
It is still with us. Torah is not dead. Not at all. Yahuwah's instructions, his teachings, his direction is not dead. Verse 19. Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men to do so, he shall be called worthless in the kingdom of Shamahim. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be great in the kingdom of Shamahim. So it lets us know right there, if you are teaching against the commandments of Yahweh, you are worth nothing unto the Heavenly Father. But if you teach and do the commandments, you are great in the kingdom of Shamahim. All right. Let's go over something that was said on today earlier. It was brought to my attention that there was an individual who did not believe that the Torah stands true. He took me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. This is the cherry picking that they do. He copies and pastes Galatians chapter 3. Verses 21 through 25. Let's read this because a lot of people get the misconception. I'm going to not just break down Galatians chapter 3 from those verses, I'm going to break down the entire chapter, and that should take us to the top of the hour in the end of our show. Hallelujah. Let's read what he cherry-picked first. Then we'll go back and read the whole entire chapter and break it down, because we're not going to cherry-pick, right? We are going to read the whole entire chapter. This is what he brought, and I'll read it correctly. Verse 21 of Galatians chapter number 3. I'm going to read it from the ISR. It states, Is the Torah then against the promises of Elohim? Let it not be. For if Torah have been given that was able to make alive, truly righteousness would have been by Torah. Okay? We're going to, we're going to see where this is a powerful Writing from Shaul. Listen, but the scriptures have shut up all man under sin, that the promise by belief in Yahusha Mashiach might be given to those who believe. But before that belief came, we were guarded under Torah, having been shut up for the belief being about to be revealed. Therefore, Torah became our trainer unto Mashiach in order to be declared righteous by Amunia. And after that Amunia has come, you are no longer under a trainer. Wait till we break this down. For all of you are sons of Elohim through Amunia in Mashiach Yahushua. 
verse 27. For as many of you as was immersed in Mashiach have put on Mashiach. There is not Yahudai or Greek. There is not slave or free. There is not male or female. For you all are one in Mashiach, Yahusha. Listen, verse 29. Watch how this verse kill all of those DNA studies and etc. And if you are of Mashiach, whether you are Greek or Yahudai, slave or free, male or female, then you are seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Shaul speaks the truth. Let's read, and I'm going to go to the King James Version because a lot of people like to go there, and this is how they try to uh, justify their foolishness. This is how they try to justify their unrighteousness. But let's read it in its entirety and bring forth the truth. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. We have heard preachers say this, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Yahusha HaMashiach have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This, only what I learn of you, receive, did you receive the Ruach by the works of Torah or by the hearing of Amunia? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Ruach, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Ruach and work miracles among you, does he do it by the works of Torah or by the Shama, by the hearing of Amunia? Even as Abraham believed Elohim, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know, therefore, that they which are of Amunia, absolute belief, the same are the children of Abraham. Watch this. Verse 8. In the scripture foreseen, prophesying that Elohim would justify the heathen, the nations, the Gentiles, through Amunia, preached before the good news unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be brewed. So then they which be of Amunia, are Baruch with faithful Abraham. Now let's talk about this. This is very powerful. Let's break this down. So the foolish Galatians really thought that they received the Ruach because of the keeping of Torah. It says, and let's break this down bit by bit. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, who have tricked you, who have bamboozled you, who have fascinated you by false representations, 
that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Yahusha HaMashiach have evidently set forth, crucified among you. Were the the Galatians there when Yahusha was crucified? Absolutely not. Not at all. So what is Shaul talking about? That Yahusha HaMashiach have been crucified among you, evidently set forth. Well, you have to understand exactly what Yahuwah, our Supreme Elohim, was showing Abraham. We'll talk about that in a second. This only what I learned from you. You received the Ruach about the works of Torah, about a hearing of belief. The evidently seen, the evidently seen, is in the stars, is in the constellations. This is a witness to all men who Yahusha Hamashiach is, being portrayed before you as a lamb, the Passover lamb. That's the constellation of what they call it, the ram, from late March. Going from the middle of March, going into the middle of April. Why do you think Yahusha was crucified during that time? To represent the Lamb, to reconcile men who enters into that covenant through Yahusha unto Yahuwah. That's what that means, and I'll show you the evidence in just a moment. So how did they receive the Ruach? By loving obedience to Torah? Or did they receive it by the absolute belief which established the Torah in you? We'll talk about that in just a minute as we go to Ezekiel. Verse 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Ruach? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you trying to obtain perfection in Yahuwah through your flesh? Knowing that in the flesh you cannot submit to Torah, you cannot please Yahuwah through just the letter of Torah, the spiritual intent must be included. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain, he therefore that ministers to you, the Ruach, and work of miracles, did he do it by the works of Torah? Is he doing these works because he kept the Ten Commandments, that he's doing the dietary law? Or is it because he hears, understands, and obeys through Amunia? Even as Abraham believed Elohim. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. You should note, therefore, that they which are of this Amelia, the same absolute belief that Abraham had, you are the children of Abraham because you have the same, watch this, the same attribute, the key attribute to coming into the kingdom of Yahweh through Yahusha, and that is the Amelia of Abraham. 
Abraham saw the Mashiach as well, coming through his loins. In the scripture, foreseeing that Elohim would justify the heathen through Amelia, preached before the good news unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be baruched. So then they which are Amelia are baruched with faithful Abraham. Let's go to Barashid. Let's go to Barashi chapter 15. Listen to the step-by-step as to how Abram, building up his immunia to please Yahweh so that righteousness can be obtained, his belief. Let's read it. Let's start with verse 1. After these words, or after these things, the word of Yahuwah came unto Master Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Master Yahuwah, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold to me, you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of Yahweh came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own loins, your own generation, shall be your heir. Listen, verse 5, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Now look toward the Shamahim, and calculate the stars, if you be able to number them. And he said it to him, so shall your seed, singular, be. And he believed in Yahweh, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Number one, how did Abram receive righteousness? Because he was obedient? No, because he believed. There it is in the verse. And he had that immunia. In Yahweh, he had absolute belief in what Yahweh was showing him, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What was shown to him? What was the gospel, as it is written in the King James Version? What was the good news, the Besorah, that was shown unto Abram? He was able to look at the Maserat, the, constel- the constellations in the sky, and he was able to see the coming of the Mashiach through his loins. This shall be your heir. Hallelujah. That's what was accounted unto him for righteousness. It's written right there. So how did Abraham receive righteousness? Oh, because he kept the Torah? No, keeping the Torah maintained his righteousness. You can read that in Barashit as Yahuwah speaks to Isaac. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. He guarded my commandments, my judgments, my Torah, the things that I spoke to him. So much for the Hebrew Israelites saying that there was no aura Torah. Let's go back to Galatians 3. Verse 
verse 10. For as many as are of the works of Torah are under the curse. For it is written, Curses everyone that continues not in all things that are written in this book of the Torah to do them. It is written. It's written in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 20, let's see, 27. The bottom, Deuteronomy 27. Read verse 26. Curse be he that confirms not all the words of this Torah to do them. And all the people said, and it is so. Everything that's written in Deuteronomy chapter 27 starting with verse 15, going all the way down, is what we call the certificate of debt, the ordinances that are what? That are contrary to us. Yahuwah did not want his people to be cursed, but if they was disobedient with these instructions, that they will be a cursed people. Okay? That's why Paul stated that in Galatians. I just wanted to show you that. They called that the uh, the ordinances that was contrary against us, not the Torah. But these particular ordinances that was written in Torah, he instructed us not to do these things so that we would not be cursed. And now, if you did one of these things, now the curse must be lifted off of you. Let's go back to Galatians 3. Now you understand. It's not talking about the Torah. It's talking about the Greek word nomos, regulations. It's not talking about the Torah, or we will say whole nomos. It was just the nomos. Okay? which was consisted of traditions and, uh, you know, morals, et cetera, et cetera. That's what kept them under the curse. Not the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Come on. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by, listen, no man is justified by rituals in the sight of Elohim. There's that word nomos, not honomos. Not the law or the Torah by Torah in the sight of Elohim. It is evident, for the righteous shall live by immunion. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Verse 12, and here it is. The Torah, there's Honomos, now this is speaking to Yahuwah's instructions, is not of immunion, but the man who does them shall live in them. Listen, Mashiach has redeemed us from the curse of the Torah, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's why Mashiach had to hang on the tree, not the cross, the tree. Why? Verse 14, that the Baruch of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Yahushua HaMashiach that we might receive the promise of the Ruach 
through Amunia, through the belief. Okay, you get it? Hallelujah. Okay? So those curses that was once on you have now been lifted off of you because you have your belief in Yahweh and in Yahusha. So those who keep Torah only are still going to be within the curse because they are not engaged in the spiritual intent. They don't know why they're doing it. They're just doing it because it's written. Yahusha knew why he kept the Torah. He kept it with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his soul. What is the will of Elohim? Well, you can read that in Tahalim 40. My, my delight is to do your will, O Elohim, for your Torah is written within my heart. That's what we're talking about, not getting rid of the letter. The letter of Torah is not written in your heart. Now you have a drive, an ambition, a powerful desire to keep his will. Because only the Ruach can enable you to do that. Read that in the book of Ezekiel. And let's go there quickly. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel 36. Listen to the promise that Yahuwah gives unto his people. Verse 26 of Ezekiel chapter 36. A new lob, a new mindset, a new heart. Remember, Paul was talking about be ye what? Do not be ye tra- uh, be conformed into this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your heart, your mindset. The lob, L-A-B or L-E-B. A new what? Mindset, a new heart also will I give you. And a new ruach will I put within you. And I will take away at the stony heart, the, the legalism of Torah out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put et my ruach within you, listen, and cause you, et, to walk in my statues, and you shall guard my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, you shall be my people, and I will be your supreme mighty one, your supreme Elohim. Hallelujah. So you see it written there. Let's go back and let's settle everything. Let's go back to Galatians 3 because we want to go and um, solve what the particular person was stating with that verse. Now we come to the breakdown of the Torah and the promise. Hallelujah. Cannot wait to discuss this. Okay. Here's what is written. We have read so far that you have received the Ruach HaKodesh because of your belief, not because you kept Torah. You do not operate just in Torah without having the immunia. Come on, it tells you the book of Yacoub, the book of James, what they call it, faith and works. Your immunia must go with the works of Torah. 
and your Torah, your Torah keeping must come with your absolute belief. Not just in Yahweh, but also in his son. Just like how it was with Abraham. We read it in Barashi 15. So share your seed be. And in all nations will be Baruch through you, Abraham, because of your belief. Not because of the works he did. That just locked in the righteousness. Okay. Now, let's break down the rest of this. Let's go to verse 15. I'm going to read it from the King James Version. And a lot of it is written in what they call, quote-unquote, Old English, right? But we're going to break this down correctly. The translators was trying to play tricks so that you would not keep Torah or you would not understand the strengthening of the Torah through Yahusha. With a couple of more minutes, listen to Galatians 3, verse 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disallows or adds thereto. So when you are in covenant, you cannot add. That's what the Pharisees was doing. They was bringing the Taganites. They was adding. You cannot disannul it. Both parties have to do that in order for a covenant to be canceled. It says no man disannuls or adds thereto. Okay? Just to bring you clarity to that. You can't add to the covenant once it is ratified. Once you have the Ruach HaKodesh, you cannot add to the covenant. You cannot do away with that. Let's keep reading. Hallelujah. Now to Abraham in his seed were the promises made. He said not into seeds as of many. Remember we read this in Barashit chapter 15. But as of one. And to your seed, which is Mashiach. What was written in the stars was the story of Yahusha HaMashiach. Verse 17. And this I say, that the covenant which was confirmed before of Elohim in Mashiach, the Torah, here is Honomos, which was 430 years after, after what? After the walking of Abraham, hallelujah, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. Okay? So the, the, the particular covenant, which came with the instructions, the guidelines, the directions, if that's done away with, if you get rid of the Torah of Yahweh, then you have got rid of the covenant. And if you get rid of the Torah, you get rid of the covenant. If you get rid of the covenant, you do away with the inheritance and the promise. You read it, that it should make the promise of non-effect. Listen, verse 18. For if the inheritance be of Torah, it is no more a promise. But Elohim gave it to Abraham by promise. Not because he did Torah, we got to explaining that, it's because he believed. Where then serves the Torah? 
it was added because of transgressions until the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by messengers in the hand of the mediator. Break that down, please. What does that mean? Okay. Let's break it down. Okay. Now, you have to understand who is a mediator. The one that stands in the gap between man and Yahuwah. Who then serves the Torah? That's what it asks us. What was the purpose of the written Torah then? It was added 430 years after the verbal, the oral covenant that contained the oral instructions. Maybe people don't believe that. Let's go to a verse. Barashit. Chapter 26, Genesis, Barashit, chapter 26, verse 5, listen, this is Elohim's promise unto Isaac, because that Abraham obeyed my call, call means my voice. He obeyed my call and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. He kept my precepts, my commandments, my statutes, my charge. He obeyed. He shama. He, number one, he heard it. He understood it, which means he stood under the authority of the voice that he heard, and then he obeyed. Let's go back to Galatians. You can write, you can keep that as a cross reference. Galatians three. Let's go back. So now you have seen that four hundred and thirty years after it was spoken, then came the written. Now there was particular forgiveness of those transgressions. If you read that in Uyakra, the book of Leviticus. Chapter 19, you can read that for yourself, okay? Remember the children of Yasharia was in Mitzrayim for 400 years, okay? And you have to understand that as they came out of Mitzrayim, they had to learn instructions, direction, teachings. Yahuwah spoke these things to Masha, and Masha wrote them down and brought them to the people. They was kept on the side pocket of what we call the treasure chest of the covenant. Yahuwah's handwritten instructions, the Ten Commandments, to his people on two stones, they were kept where? In the treasure chest along with the showbread, along with the rod of Aaron, right? Hallelujah. Okay? Let's keep reading. The word says in verse 19, it was added because of the transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. 
it was ordained by the messengers, the malakim, in the hands of a mediator. What does that mean? Well, it simply means the Torah was the the law of the land. It ruled until the seed would come to whom it had been promised. You would not be able to understand the uh, the Mashiach by not reading the Torah. You would not understand the seed of Abraham. This was ordained by messengers through the hands of a mediating eternal high priest. That's what the mediator was. That's what the priesthood was set up for. It was a shadow picture. That's why Yahusha himself, not only was he from Judah, but he was also from the tribe of Levi through his mother. Listen to verse 20. Now, the mediator is not mediator of one, but Elohim is one. So for those who believe in the Trinitarian doctrine, that cancels that. How could Jesus be God if Jesus is the mediator? Between who? Why would God be the mediator for himself? Between what? Because you have to, a mediator must stand between two parties. Come on, people. The mediator implies more than one party because you must have two parties to have a covenant. But Yahuwah is only one. So Yahusha is the other one. He is the mediator. He serves as that between Yahuwah and man. This is why you cannot teach the Trinitarian doctrine because Yahusha is the mediator. He stands in the gap, just like David did, just like Abraham did, just like Noah did, just like Adam. They stand in the gap between Yahuwah and man. So if Yahuwah is Ahed, Ahed in the Hebrew means he is the only one. I am on one side by myself. And man, that's me and you. We are in covenant with him. Who is our mediator? Who is our high priest? The priesthood was a shadow picture of the priesthood, the Melchizedek, the Melchizedek that was to come. That's what Abraham saw. That's why he gave his offerings from the particular spoils of war unto Yahuwah on that behalf, because Abraham saw the Melchizedek, the Melchizedek, or the king of righteousness, as it is translated properly in Abri or in the Hebrew, Melech, king, Tzadok, righteousness. Where was he at? Shalom. You read it as Salem. Shalom, the king of peace. This is what Abraham saw. The foolishness of people in Christianity teaching that Abraham was sitting and eating bread and drinking wine with Jesus. He was sitting there with the Christ because it teaches the pagan tradition of what we call pre-existence or pre-incarnated. That is an abomination. 
against the Father. Let's break this down. We have a couple of minutes. Verse 21, is the Torah then against the promises of Elohim? Elohim forbids. For if there have been Torah given that could have been given life, verily righteousness should have been by Torah. Torah was given because of the transgressions of his people. And Yahuwah wanted them to maintain the righteousness. The Torah does not go against promises. The Torah comes with the promise. Come on. As soon as Yahuwah had made this particular covenant and this promises unto Abraham, what did he do? He gave him instructions. Please read about the circumcision. Justification cannot come through Torah. If there was any Torah that can give you true life or eternal life, then the justification would have to come through that Torah. Torah is a set of instructions, directions that comes with the promise. Eternal life comes with the promise. We read that. Eternal life comes with the promise. They go together. You can't have one to another. They they serve a function to one another. Amunia, works of Torah. Works of Torah, absolute belief. Let's keep reading. It's getting good. Hallelujah. Verse 22. But the scripture has concluded that all are under sin. That the promise by Amunia of Yahusha HaMashiach might be given to them that believe. So this is what the scripture concludes. It is written that the Torah, the writings of the prophets, the history of Yahshua, which we call the Tanakh, which people call the Old Covenant, which is foolish, It was all shut up in the power of sin because all have sinned. This, by playing, hallelujah, by Yahuwah's perfect plan, his predestinated plan of salvation, it called for a need of a mediating high priest or Mashiach so that the promise through the faith or through the belief in Yahusha might be given to the ones who believe. And when you believe, you enter into the covenant with Yahuwah through Yahusha. Let's keep reading. Wait a minute. Let me explain it some more. So, is the Torah against the promises of Yahuwah? No way. Torah is given to us to let us know what righteousness is by identifying what sin is. It was never designed to deliver anybody from the penalty of sin. It let us know what it was. The wages of sin is what? Is death. And that was written in the renewed covenant. So how is it that if the Torah is getting rid of, there's no mercy, there's no favor, there's no promises, there's no inheritance, and, you know, Christianity sells you the dream, and you got to be sleep to dream, right? So therefore, if the Torah is rid of, 
think you cannot live righteous. If the Torah is getting rid of, you walk around with dead belief. We call it dead faith. Because you're supposed to have instructions in your covenant. How can you have covenant with someone and you can do anything within this covenant? The deliverance from sin was through the promise of the coming Peshach, the Passover lamb. Now, why did Yahuwah allow his people to come out of Mizraim? How did he do it? The blood of the lamb, right? The Peshach, the Passover. Because they believed, they brought the lamb to their home on the 10th day. They kept it until the 14th day. They killed it. They put the blood on the doorposts of their homes. They roasted it with fire, with bitter herbs. They had mazat with it. They had unleavened bread. They ate it in haste. They put their shoes on. They had their staff in their hand. They had their loins girded, and they were ready to leave because they believed. If they didn't believe, they would have stayed in Parish right there in Mizraim. But because of their belief, not, and their belief led them to their obedience, Come on, that tells you right there, they was able to be set free. The blood of the Lamb covers the death decrees, making the Torah whole. The Torah was made weakened by our flesh. We needed a sacrifice and a mediator so that the Torah can be strengthened. Now, on tomorrow's show, I have to stop right here. On tomorrow's show, we will continue explaining this from the book of Galatians, chapter number three. I'll do a brief a preview on tomorrow as to what we have already discussed today, and then we'll go straight into it, and then we'll go through a couple of more. Hallelujah. All righty. That is it for today's show. I'd like to thank each and every one of you that have listened by divine appointment, and Join us on tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast, it will start at 9 o'clock. Okay, that'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify Instruction. Tune in tomorrow as we talk about how Torah was strengthened by the renewed covenant through Yahusha. We will have a part five. All right, that'll do it for me. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom for those of you who are keeping your Shabbat traditionally on today. Shabbat Shalom unto one and unto all. Baruch Atah.